Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Episode 9, Subspace Rhapsody. I'm Brandon T. McClure, and I didn't almost say Star Trek Picard. And with me today is Ryan Eliopoulos. We draw the line here. And Sparks Woody. No, indeed, Brandon did not almost say any other Star Trek show but the one that we're actually in. Yes, we are going to be talking about the ninth episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, titled Subspace Rhapsody, directed by Dermot Downs, who's his first directing credit on this on this show, but it's done many episodes for um, the CW, uh, such as all the Arrowverse shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, written by Dan Horgan and Bill Wolkoff, with musical music and lyrics by Kay Hanley and Tom Pulche, who are two members of the band Letters to Cleo. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get right into it. This was a musical romp. What do we think of this? Sparks, you want to go first? I guess so. Pretty good. Yeah. Had a fun time. Right. I think it's a really, really fun episode. I think if the only way I don't think you like this episode is if you don't like musicals. Because like I think it's a really well made you know TV episode of a musical, and I think the only negative like because I think they brought it in most of the capacities. I think the only reason to really dislike it is like I'm just not into musicals. Uh, but besides that, I think I had a really good time. You know, it is, uh, it's it's it feels something like musical tropey, but they're doing that on purpose. But like recognizing the trope doesn't get away from the trope, but like it, they are making fun of it in a way. So like I still really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a really good time. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a hoot and a holler. Uh, this is my favorite episode of the season. Yeah, I figured the way you, um, you talking about it. I really didn't expect that. I, uh, having like the first time I watched it and Spock starts singing in the very, in the beginning of the, the first act, uh, sorry, towards the end of the first act, I was, uh, skeptical. I was like, Oh, I don't, this is weird. I don't know how to feel about this. Um, I will say just because you're in that moment um, I I specifically when Spock started at the beginning because it doesn't come up again but like for that particular part for some reason I was like ooh he's auto-tuned oh he's auto-tuned you can tell it's a studio and not them like singing it naturally and I was like ooh ooh is this is it gonna all be like this and it wasn't all like that so yeah it was just it was just such a like I knew this is a musical episode I obviously knew this was coming I was very excited for it but um coming out of start starting it i was like oh i don't know maybe i'm not prepared for this cast to be singing and dancing for the next hour but watching the whole episode loving the whole episode sitting with it for at this at the time of this recording a few weeks now um and having listened to the soundtrack a number of times and i'm ashamed to say how many times um i i really love it and it 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 just i it's one of my it, it is my favorite episode of the season i i really love this episode yeah i i do have to applaud it for for really going for it um i didn't feel i felt like it was the type of thing where like when you're listening to the songs like i was able to rhyme the next verse like because like it's they're they're pretty easy rhymes that they're going mm-hmm. for but like none of it's bad it's just like uh, I was actually more impressed with with just the orchestra and the music itself more than the actual lyrics. And like there was really, really nice orchestra stuff happening. And there was very in a variety of different types of songs. Uh, that was the thing I was most impressed with. Um, and for being, you know, a, you know, 
it's like an hour long show. Uh, I thought there was a variety of music and they try to do a bunch of different things. And for the most part, I thought it, I thought it really worked pretty well. Um, I think again, just like to do a musical episode of Star Trek, it's that's, that's already going so deep on the deep end of two things, Star Trek and musicals, where like you really have to knock it out of the park. And I think I think it is absolutely more of a success than than a failure. Cause like this could have been a truly total train wreck and like the worst episode of Star Trek ever. And it wasn't. Like, you know, it doesn't it feels like a a good Star Trek episode that is a musical. Yeah. I wanted to get a reference out of the way right mm-hmm. up top, um, which is uh they mentioned Many times in the episode, sorry, many times in the kind of behind the scenes stuff that if you watch the ready room, then uh, there's a making of this episode uh, in that in that episode. And it's they talk about how Once More With Feeling, which is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, uh, musical episode, is a heavy influence on this episode. And they were, they were always looking at like, that's the bar. Uh, there is a reference to that episode when they're talking about turning into bunnies, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite cute. That is cute. Uh, especially, especially in Benga's line, which is, I would prefer not to be a bunny either. Yeah. Um, um <clears throat> I'll, I'll go off what Ryan was saying, which is like, I'm a, I'm a, I, I mostly like the episode. So I'm going to get my like nitpick negatives out of the way, yeah. which is that like, not all of the songs apply to what I'm about to say, but there's a chunk of songs in there that they're, I felt like, and it, it's earlier in the episode, it's, it's basically from Una and, and Kirk's song to Una and La'an's song. Mm-hmm. And that chunk of songs, which I think is those two and then La'an's solo, yeah. um, they are very similar in their structure, mm-hmm. very similar in the way that they are uh, set up. And, and like uh, musicals tend to have songs that are similar um, without being reprisals. Uh, but they're not usually next to each other. Yeah. Um, and I thought that particularly stood out as like, uh, all these songs are very much built the same. Sure. Um, and that and that did bother me a little. Um, we get to like Chapel's number, which has more variety. Um, Spock has the bad boy song and, mm-hmm. and um, Uhura's uh, solo is obviously a totally different beast from what they were doing with those three. But those ones in particular, I was like, these ones are too similar and too close to each other. So I'm going to only disagree on this is this is going for someone who is tone deaf. Um, so I will only I will only come to disagree on the Laan song, uh, but I will agree when it I will I will say I will not I'm not really sure why I fall on the agree or disagree scale. So I'll actually I'll just pivot and just say I will speak on one of my things that I don't particularly like about this episode, and which again is an episode I love. Um, I don't think either of una's songs as far as they are in the episode are very good i don't think they're choreographed well and i don't really like i i I don't know within the episode listening to the soundtrack very different because i like the songs specifically and and i'll 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 kind of hone in on the one that she sings to laon about keeping secrets i find that i find that song to be weirdly choreographed and i don't understand why it's not a duet it's just una singing at lawn it's very weird um i i listening to the song on its own it, it's a it's a sweet song i like i, I like it it's it it it, 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 it 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 it's pleasant but in the episode it just doesn't feel right 
it, no, either the choreography or 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 the fact that Laon is just standing there watching Rebecca Romaine sing to her. It just doesn't feel right. And I kind of feel the same, a similar way about the duet with with her and Kirk. Um, I don't quite think that song works very well either. Um, so I yeah, I, the, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, I think the the songs in the back half are considerably stronger than than the front half. And I think mm-hmm. maybe even they knew that, but they didn't. I guess I didn't want to structure it in a way where like, you know, because that would ha- that would ruin the flow of, of, of the story they're telling. Um, but I also feel like maybe that they had to have a certain amount of songs and like, you know, got to fill it up. So like not everyone's going to be great, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I I think more in particular with that, again, all of them are in this in a, in such a similar vein. And I, I still include Lon Solo. I, I think they're all kind of in a similar uh, setup of what they're doing musically. Mm-hmm. And I would have, for Lawn's arc, at least spread them out, even if you kept Lawn solo close to the initial Una and Kirk one, just because of what, what's going on and when it happens. Yeah. I would have pushed the Una and Lawn song further in, so they're not so close to each other. It feels like you're tying up that. That feels like a thing that should have been stretched out just a little further. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. As an arc in the episode. So, like, it just it just made the and like. The, the songwriters for this are are not doing a bad job by any means i'm not saying that but but they they do have like kind of just a vibe that that when it's a solo song they're all kind of the same uh, but very just a little bit but they're all kind of the, the same song um they'll all end kind of the same way um as far as like where what the, what line they choose to repeat how uh the actor performs that repetition um it's all kind of that same uh gets more emotional that, at the that end. it's hitting of of things and like uh you know most musicals will go for a little bit more variety than that and i and i wish there had been just a bit more sure. in general in this episode yeah i do wonder how much of that is the fact that these songwriters have never composed a musical before um yeah. Which which is true. The the they are part of the band Letters to Cleo, uh, which is true. They they've done movie soundtracks before in some capacity, but they've never composed a musical before. This is the first time. Um, so I I do wonder how much of that uh, shows with their songwriting and or the placing of each song. It's a it's a different problem, but a similar um, uh, setup of of the problem that I have with Greatest Showman, which I like. I like Greatest Showman. Brandon and I have had this conversation off air before. Um, sure. My only problem with Greatest Showman is that if you really look at the songs, all of them are ballads. And there should be songs in there that are not ballads. Mm-hmm. You can't have all ballads all the time. And like, they're all, they're good songs, but like, it doesn't have a lot of up and down. All it's ups. all, it's all ups. Yeah, yeah. Because they all, even if they start not being a ballad, they turn into a ballad. And I'm like, that can't work. And there's, an there's, a, there's a similar, there's a similar sense of like, I would say, honestly, outside of, obviously the, the group songs at the beginning and the end, mm-hmm. don't count those for what I'm saying. But outside of Chapel's song, all of the songs are kind of structured in a similar way of like, what verses they choose to to repeat, what lines they choose to make stand out. It's all kind of a similar, like, yeah. th- th- it goes up here, it comes down here. It's all kind of following a similar pattern, even though, like, different performances are helping. And the only time it does differ is with the Klingons, and I was waiting oh, for yeah, it, sure. and holy shit, that was one of the worst things I've seen in my entire life. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, we, will, we, will, we will get into that a little later, because uh, I want to hold off on that. But, I I did notice this, this this most recent time that I watched the episode because I've watched it about three times now um, that 
I do kind of miss the fact that there's not many duets or many ensemble pieces. Uh, most of them are solos. Um, most of the songs in the soundtrack are solos, and I, I would have liked to have seen um, more uh, more variety in the types of songs that were that were done. There's a there's I like Spock's song his solo mm-hmm. yeah. However, Uhura's right there, and I'm like, why is this not a duet? Sure. Like, I um, just like it was bothering me the whole time, and then he leaves, and she stays, and then has her solo, and I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and don't use the same set. And don't get me wrong, she's the best singer of the cast by far. Yeah. So giving her her solo is important, but she um, she's the only one who's won a Grammy. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, she's yeah, she's stellar yeah um uh truly like her and her and um chapel are i think the best the strongest of of the cast members here yeah um but but her in particular like obviously they played to her strengths with her solo but like i get it i get giving her but it but it is like when she's there with spock i'm like why are you not singing like like why is this not a duet um and and that you're right brandon like that does come up a couple i think there's just a structural issue of of like it's a good episode. I'm going to get like all my little garbage shit out of the way about it. Um, it. It's a good episode, but like, it's not as well, it's not as well handled as a musical is. And I'll admit that part of it, part of it is hindered by the fact of something I love about it, which is that it's, it's just happening to them yeah. and they're mm-hmm. aware of it. Yeah. Which means like lights can't appear out of nowhere because that's not what's happening. You get what I mean? Like you can't have right. stage lighting that doesn't exist on the ship. Right. And like that hurts it visually a bit, to be honest. It does. They try and do some stuff, which I appreciate. Specifically, like Spock songs has like the lights in the engine room changing on tempo and things like that. Yeah. I appreciate it. But like you can't do stage lighting because it's happening to them on the ship in reality. So like lighting that doesn't exist can't appear the way it did in Once More with Feeling. And I don't understand why it couldn't because the world is changing to make it into a musical. So just have the world change it. Like it, it's, we, there, it's not there's, real. There's like, an amount. There's an amount of. I can do a the, stage light. There's an amount of as a TV viewer audience that you me. would you would accept it. Yeah. But the problem I think is because like in Once More with Feeling, which is a good comp and and it makes sense why they they drove themselves next to it. In the Buffy episode, they are not uh, fully aware of it, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not directly engaged with the musical at all times. Like they know it's happening to them, but they don't really like. They kind of get transformed they're not by thinking it. about it all the they time. get transformed by it yeah the characters here are actively fighting it fighting it yeah um constantly and wanting to hide their emotions and you kind of can't do that and also have then have those characters like if you do stage lighting be like where do those lights come from and have to like scientifically look into it and all that kind of stuff because you've made them too real and grounded yeah in the context and i really like it because you almost never have a musical episode that does that where this is forced upon them and they're actively trying to resist it. And yeah. it's one of my favorite things is like La'an moving, like quick walking to her <laughs> quarters so that she doesn't sing in front of other people because she hears the music starting. And like, Any, I love to go. that anytime like they're, they're having a conversation and it's getting a little rifle, the music will start and one person will go like, oh no. Yeah, right. They'll look around because like, where's it coming from? Uh, it, that's Who that, got emotional? Yeah, that's what I uh, I mentioned to you. Like, what I love about this episode is that it's all diegetic. Like, this is all happening to them. It's not like they they live in the world of a musical. Like, it's happening to them. 
and you could fight it as hard as you can, but the, the more you fight, the more your emotions want to break out. Right. Uh, and that's that's really great. Especially like characters like Spock. Uh, I really like his bad boy song. Yes. He might not be the best singer, but that's really fun uh, to see him have like, oh, this is my bad boy episode. I'm like, bro, you're Spock. You ain't a bad boy. Like he's trying so hard to look cool. And I'm like, oh, this is juicy. This is really good. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, he's, he's feeling emotions in a big way for the first time and expressing them. And so yeah. they come out like very emo. Very, uh, yeah. No, and that's a lot of fun. But I do think it is like they are hindered by what I do think is a great concept. Yes. They are hindered by it in the fact that because they have grounded it so much in the world of Star Trek, they, put themselves, they, yeah. they, they are limited by what they can visually do um, because the characters would have to ask questions about it because they are actively resisting the musical throughout the episode. Yep. Uh, and, and I do think that that puts them in just a weird spot that that's hard to work its way out of. Yeah. There's, there's a line that exemplifies what you're saying that I quite like, which is, when they're all in the ready room and, and they're trying to figure out what, what, what just happened. Kirk has this moment where he's like, honestly, I thought you guys rehearsed it. And then I started doing it. Mm -hmm. yes. And I just thought that was really funny. Cause he's just like, why is everybody singing? Around? Oh, I'm singing now. What's going on. Right. And like the, the way that it overtakes you. And I do think like part of what bothers me is that like, uh, there'll be different places where they'll break those rules a little bit, right? The Klingon section in particular, they do get stage lighting, yeah. which mm -hmm. makes no sense. Um, and there's the, you know, when we're getting towards the end, we get choreography, like a lot of it, from the people in the background moving mm -hmm. through as Uhura's spreading the message to the ship. And at up to that point, I kind of accepted that, like, choreography was limited because, like, I don't know, like, most of what it is is about the singing and the music. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. really all that the, the fault is doing. But if you can do choreography, everyone should have had better choreography. Like the choreography in general, like just how it's filmed for television is not good. Um, yeah. I'll, say, I'll say like there's a lot, a lot too much of like essentially the blocking for La'an, Uhura and Spock solos. Walking around. The same. There's walk, walk, walk to where walk we to. put camera and don't look at camera, but look past camera. Now walk to other corner and think and like they're all the it, it's a little rote and so when you don't have the advantages of stage lighting and you yeah. don't have the advantages of the other visual things that they can toss on it you have to at least make the visual movement of the actors in the space more engaging laon gets a little bit of a pass on her solo because of the flashback that well not flashback but the memory the fake memories oh sure yeah that she's experiencing um in the montage of like the what if and that that helps. That honestly helps. It makes that one work and stand out. But especially the fact, like, and I love both the songs. The fact that Spock and Uhura's come back to back in the same location and they essentially do the same movement. Yeah. Not great. Um, and I and I wish that that had been that almost feels like a scheduling thing, like shit. We've got to use the same room. Oh no. No, it, it, I'm sure it is. Um I'm sure there, you know, structure change new worlds has the benefit of being on a much more broad schedule than a normal network TV show. Um, like, like, but there is still a scheduling issue where you are meant to wrap an episode uh, as quickly as you can. So you can move on yeah. to the next one. Um, and the fact that this is what the, this is what an old Star Trek show would be called a bottle episode. Most most new Star Trek shows tend to be quote unquote bottle episodes. Um, they, because they build the, the ships as well. Are you being beamed away? No, I think, I think the fault's getting to us. Expect music any moment now. 
Um, and I think, um, and I think when you when you have um, you know these the, these sets, you you want to utilize this the these grand these big grand sets uh, for these new Star Trek shows. And but you also need to be like, okay, well, next week's episode needs to needs to needs to film here quickly. So can we wrap this one up so we can get next week's episode to do the yeah. same thing? Um, I, you, I'm sure maybe that maybe that's the case there, but I'm not sure. You yeah. you very well could be correct. And big, you have to find the ways to work around, especially like acclimating yourself to the visual medium, to the visual medium that you've restricted yourself to. Yeah. Um. You you have eliminated a lot of other tools that musicals have to cover things. Um. And so if you're doing that, then you have to use what you're left with to its best ability. And I just don't think there was enough choreo. Like you've got the chapel song that looks really good. And then not a lot of other things look very good by comparison. I think, I think what they could have done is like, I like the idea of, because they start doing chore choreography at the end. Like, why don't they do that from the beginning? Like, what if it's getting worse and worse? And by the time we get to the end, they are in full blown musical. Well, they do it. They do it in chapel song too. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, like in the middle. But that's part of the problem is that like that comes before Spock and Uhura's yeah. thing. Okay. And and they have like limited stuff going on. Um, it's just not, it's my my only point being like, really enjoy the episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Really love all the characters and all that. And I'm going to get into a shit ton of positives I have about it in a moment. But my major sum up is just like, because they restricted themselves into this ground reality, which again, I think is very fun. It made it very feel very fresh. I love the idea of these characters being afraid of expressing themselves mm -hmm. through song and trying to escape it, I think is really good. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, I don't think that they compensated for the fact that they were restricting the reality down so much. They put themselves um, kind of like in a box in a way. To be as visually appealing. It makes sense to me that some things play better just listening to them than they do watching them because sometimes they get frankly a little boring and stale yeah. because of how it's structured visually. What I find so interesting about this discussion and, and I've got you guys like fucking like you can't see, but this is whole page. just all the shit I loved about this movie, about this episode. Um, because I, again, I, I, I did love it. What I find so interesting about this discussion in particular is that we have effectively um, found uh, uh, on a Star Trek Fickner's Watch show, uh, my biggest weakness. I do not have as sophisticated of a taste in, in musicals as Sparks does, for example. He's been in many. He's seen many. Um, he 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 knows them inside and out in a way that I do not. Um, I I have very. Um, I don't like using the word bad taste in musicals, but I have I have been known to like a, to to dislike my fair share uh, 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 to, to to like my my fair share of bad musicals, such as the aforementioned uh, Greatest Showman, which is a movie I, I deeply love. It's um, not a bad musical. It's not a bad musical. Many would would disagree with that statement. Sure, but but, um, but I I I I quite I quite like. Uh, because my my taste is so um is is so insignificant compared to to sparks's for example um we've essentially found a a, a, a a great weakness that that i will have in this in this discussion which i find so fascinating it honestly it has so much um frankly and, and i don't want to call your taste insignificant like you're 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 open to things and less critical about things in a way that i'm just not about certain musical stuff mm -hmm. um uh but specifically here it's not really about the musical stuff as much as it is like again because they remove so much of the musical reality it's a visual it's a, component it's about shot composition yeah 
it's it's simply about knowing how to frame people and make it stay interesting. And like anybody would tell you that if you are having two characters engaged in a three minute conversation as Spock and Uhura are in the same location. Um, and then they're going to, one of them is going to leave and the other one is going to stay for another three minutes. Uh, you have to give them something visually more dynamic to do than what was previously done. Yeah. Regardless of if it's musical or not. And, and that just didn't happen here. This is just, this is just kind of a failure to utilize, utilize the medium of the framing of the camera yeah. to make up for these other things that they can't do because it's not on a stage. Sure. Um, um, but yeah. I want to, because as we've already mentioned, there's plenty of things to like in this episode. So I want, yes. I want to talk about the, the beginning, which because before we get into the, the, the singing, um, yeah. there is a, there is what I, I'm so grateful because we've been talking about it on the show for quite a while, how the, Bookend um, uh, uh, logs, log entries have been wildly incons inconsistent uh, this season. Thankfully, this season, that is not the case because we open and we close with Uhura's log entries. And I think the opening one is really cool. I really like seeing her uh, doing the kind of old fashioned um, uh, communications thing where we're seeing her kind of moving communications through and taking all the things very busy, very hectic. I think it's a really cool little montage there of all of everybody on the ship trying to call her and be like, Hey, anything from Dr. Corby. Hey, anything from Captain Patel sending it through. Da, 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 da. I just thought it was a really cool sequence to open the, open the episode with. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought that was really solid. I think Uhura, Uhura's centralization uh, works very well as this idea of, we're all connected and, and we're all doing this kind of thing yeah. um, with probably the exception of, uh, 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 Hey, I'm going to actively make you confront chapel so I can get this reading. <laughs> go, fuck, go. Oh shit. Your heart got broken. I'm not going to sing about that. <laughs> That's a little messed up, but otherwise I really like Uhura's heart through the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like both. For me, I really like both Uhura and Laon's arc in the episode. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think both of them have very strong arcs in the episode. Um, the, the other thing that I, want, I do want to mention up top is in the in the very beginning uh, of the episode. The reason why this happens is because they found a subspace fold in space, a very visual subspace fold um, that it they theorize could send subspace communications much quicker than they, than they can at this point in the quadrant, which would allow uh, much quicker communication between ships. Space internet. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and, and, and so they theorize, well, if a normal talking message isn't getting through, let's send a song. And it's just ridiculous enough to work uh, as they send it through and, a tear opens within the fabric of reality to allow them a, to a start singing a zipper. Yeah. It's, I think that's quite fun. No, it's a great setup. And and to be honest with you, I was enjoying for like a good chunk of the episode where I was, I was actively saying to Ryan, like, I really love that the stakes are, we have to stop this or we'll be an eternal song forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole universe will. And I'm like, man, what stakes? Like, it's not really that bad, but like, it's not ideal. Yeah. No. <laughs> and it's, it's just something you want to avoid until it turns into, oh no, this works like kerosene over the universe. We can't blow it up. Oh no, the Klingons are going to blow it up. The universe will be destroyed. And I'm like, oh, okay. We got to the real stakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really, I really like how the state, how the state, elevated because especially especially 
my favorite my so pike is kind of a is, is my second mvp of the episode um uh because he's i think he he in particular is a lot of fun to watch during these musical sequences because he's so uncomfortable and he's so ready to be done with it and he's just i'm just so ready to be out of this and he has the moment where he's like why don't we blow it up yeah and <laughs> they're all like yeah okay that could work and he's like really yeah. He's he's very good in it as um, uh, just wanting out as fast as possible. Yes. Um, and like emotionally uncomfortable. I was honestly surprised. They they do stuff obviously with him and Patel. Um, but I was surprised it wasn't it didn't go harder. I I truly thought that like they were going to end up having to pull their duet from the bridge to into a bigger thing. But it just gets hung up on, and I'm like, mm, all right. I was hoping for a little more as well. I was, yeah. I, I thought we would have more big emotional catharsis. This was an excuse for it, even though I understand like clearly Anson Mount's not necessarily the strongest singer, which is fine. We can't all be perfect. Yeah. Um, almost perfect. He's almost very perfect. attractive. He can, he can do whatever he wants. otherwise. And they still get closure at the end anyway. So like, yeah. it's still nice. No. Yeah. 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 Since we're on Patel and, and Pike, I, I will say it is, a, it, it is unfortunately another negative that I have. I think the conflict between the two of them is rather forced. And it yeah. retreads the plot of the Rigel 7 episode, and I just don't think that was necessary. Yeah, the vacation thing, I'm like, this this seems really this this definitely seems like what can we what can we artificially create drama here? I wish yeah. I wish it had been a little bit more of a very minor thing of just like neither of them are very like focused on it or upset. Just like I kind of feel like we could have a different location. Yeah. All right, I guess we can think about it. and like sincerely like execute in a way where like they clearly neither of them are they, they they're just gonna keep negotiating on it. It's not a big deal. Neither of them are good but, at this. But when she makes the call, it turns into like it's it's activating something even yeah. worse to make melodrama out of them, which it 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 never quite pulled that thread as hard as I thought it would. Yeah. Of like not just like making people express emotions, but amplifying them to a degree of like creating the musical melodrama and i thought that would have been a better way to go about it because it's like it is a silly thing it's a silly thing they shouldn't be arguing about but you could turn it into through the musical vein a big thing yeah and then at the end of the episode they're like that really wasn't a big deal so uh we learned a vital piece of captain patel's uh, captain patel information in this episode her first name is marie marie we did not know that originally and uh uh the end of the episode ends with them being like, oh, sorry, we got to postpone our vacation because something came up. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, this no. doesn't sound well. The Gorn. The Gorn. Oh, no, Gorn. Um, but yes, yeah, so we, we learned her, her first name, which is nice. It's always nice to, to learn of a female character's first name. Um, gives them a little bit more characterization than just there's that love interest that you have that we only know the last name of. Yeah. Um. I uh there's another there's another plot line going through this which is chapel. Chapel. Okay, wait, hold up. I, I want to pause real quick before we go to chapel. Um Sorry, I just want to talk a little bit more about the, the, the opening. Um yeah. I think that the um the way it builds out as a musical number affecting all of them is really well executed. Um this I am saying visually and lyrically i think it's very well chosen because we are moving again because it's using more body so it's visually engaging yeah. but like you know we're traveling from station to station and it's like it's getting everybody and you're watching pike in the middle like what 
he he has he has this moment when he when he asks when he says Lieutenant Ortega status report and Ortega starts singing he gets out of his chair and like backs away and he's because he's so scared he's like, like what they're all sick they're all sick <laughs> yeah and then um, when he when he when when Una is like everything's fine he's just like no yeah I also I also think apologies was such a good uh, chorus section of going across yeah. like uh thought that was a really excellent choice in star although, trek or, uh, lingo although it has my least favorite favorite musical line in this episode which is ortegas is at the helm the pilot seat is my realm yeah that one was definitely yeah that was not that was not great yeah and i, 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 I felt I, like I, a sixth grader because, <laughs> because part of the problem was like at the, up to that point especially in that song Everything had felt like people trying to talk still, but yes. it was turning into song. Yeah. And like that turned into Ortegas wouldn't say that. No. <laughs> like that's not that's not a conversation. Realm is a word I don't think she'd ever say in her life. But it kind of goes to just again how this season clearly didn't have much for Ortegas to do other than she flies the ship. Yeah. She's the pilot. Honestly, it should have been they should have found a way for it to be, just be a re- reprisal of that. I, I, my name is Ortega, <laughs> and I play the show. Like yeah, the give shit. her a song. It should have just been a repetition of that. That would have been funny. Absolutely. Um, there you go. Uh, um, the other thing I'll touch on: I really, really like the acapella "Strange New Worlds" uh, opening. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh yeah. The uh, I really appreciate "Strange New Worlds" allowing to be silly, just in general. But the fact that this season we had an animated opening and an acapella opening, I think, is really fun. Um, yeah. Some it, it it's a level of fun that we haven't seen Star Trek do before, and I just appreciate it like hell, for sure. Again, like they 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 went they went the full mile. Like they didn't have to do that animated opening or the end. They didn't have to do the acapella. Like but like they they did the, did the little extra cherry on top, and it's like people care. That's nice. Exactly. So oh uh, oh real quick, sorry. One last thing, just about the beginning. Um, just from the jump, I love Duna's hair. Uh, this is a weird thing. I don't normally bring this up, but Una's hair is like a throwback oh, to yeah. classic, the ponytail. like 50s, 60s musical era, yeah. and also kind of a throwback to the original Star Trek for her look. And I really like that. And I like that because of the vein of kind of like what is supposed to be the musical inspiration for a lot of this is that, you know, what they send into the slipstream is very that style. And uh, and I really like her hair matching the. I just like her hair matching the moment. I don't normally cite that kind of thing, but I thought it was a really great choice. Yeah. So in the beginning of the episode, we learned that Chapel is waiting for a uh, correspondence from Dr. Corby, who we've name dropped before uh, in the episode where she and Spock kissed. Um, Dr. Corby, big is a is, for original series fans, they will know uh, that that history there. Um, you mean I, that future? That future, yeah. Um, I was surprised that this has happened so quickly this is not an episode critique this is a season critique yes uh it, it is it is it is a shame that we are already done with the chapel and spock relationship uh 100% agreed i feel like we've kind of alluded to it in every episode since the kiss yeah. uh where it's like chapel and spock were almost immediately on the rocks in the next episode and we were like whoa what happened? did we miss an episode as far as the yeah. relationship yeah. like we all kind of felt that way like we didn't get like it's so and it's fine i guess if this if the point is that like actually once they're together they don't really work um i guess that's fine if that's the point 
but, but I don't feel like I don't feel like that was given to us very well. Um, it's all it's all it's so weird. It is so weird that that thing that has been hanging over since you know early in season one turned into uh, the big kiss, and then uh, their relationship taking a backseat to every story that's happened since then, even this one to an extent um yeah. to a degree where we don't actually watch anything developing between the two of them that's about them um yeah. there are small cues about how they interact with each other but it's not about their relationship it's not about what's going on with them and it's so bizarre to have that happen and then just have it cut short here uh i agree this is a season problem like it it truly just feels like we're missing an episode somewhere in there that was about their relationship to some extent, yeah. like about them having to count on each other for. A, I don't know, like I it's it's bizarre as hell. Because I, you know, I I, I talked at length uh, during the season one discussions that we that that we had on this channel about how I don't I never wanted them to get together. I never thought it was a good idea, but as the season went along. I really started to see the vision there, as it were. Uh, I historically do not like Nurse Chapel in the original series. I think she is a horribly written character um, that, that is written to just be pining after Spock uh, at every waking turn. And I think it's a terrible thing to, do, to give someone, especially the queen of Star Trek, uh, Majel Barrett uh, or Majel Roddenberry. And it, it really it really sucks that this... And it, it, you know what? What's so interesting is that there is even still like we've okay, I see the idea of like okay, we're given new that now Spock is kind of lover scorned, uh, which is why he's um, which is which is why he's so against the advances that Chapel gives, but we went through it so quickly, yeah, it doesn't come to fruition as though in the way that I think was intended. Yeah, um, kind of to your point, I feel like I get it if like the logic is what this moment is, is this is why Chapel is the way she is for the rest of Star Trek, right? Pining yeah. after Spock, kind of wishing that she could go back and change this decision of pushing him away. Okay. I just don't think they gave the characters They're not together or the performers their due. It's not even about like the length of time as much as it is like the the time we spent with them as an audience. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. The same. Like, like, That's I, like, mean. like, they needed more scenes in a previous episode. Of that, I think that, the only that, time I've seen them together, they're playing chess, three D chess or whatever. Or, like, or like, he's, or he's uh, talking uh, to the Klingon guy about um, other things to distract him so that her trauma isn't triggered. Yeah. Uh, because again, like that episode is about so much else in that example, right? That like, it can't be about Chapel and Spock, even though it's trying to give you like little kernels, it's not giving you the picture. And it, this audience for Strange New Worlds in particular, regardless of like their affiliation with previous Star Trek projects or anything like that, have been pulled in to be engaged with where is the, what is this relationship going to be, even if it's not going to last forever? Like, what is, what is this thing? Because clearly there was a chemistry and they were playing with it and the flirtation and all that, and it built up into something. And then it kind of just, oh, it's done. Um, and that's super bizarre, just yeah. a super bizarre choice. And and I do think like part of the point of it is supposed to be that like Chapel kind of gets into it and very quickly 
becomes like standoffish and pushing Spock away. And I'm like, you can have that be what's going on, but we need to address that, like directly, not subtextually, but directly. That's what she's doing. And then ultimately pushes Spock away completely and and then regrets that decision for the rest of her life. You can do that. That can be the story, but you got to do it. Uh-huh. So Spock, if they wanted this idea to be the reason why Spock, obviously this is a more emotional Spock. And when he was with Chapel uh, in these scenes, there's been a few mentions of how he is experimenting more with emotions. There's, you know, we've talked about a little bit, a little bit with the Lower Decks thing that it's a little weird that we're we're framing it in the way they did it there. But there is a sense that that Chapel is kind of <clears throat> allowing Spock to get more in touch with his human side and less with his Vulcan side. And so I can see where the idea is probably that Chapel um, uh, distancing herself from him and kind of breaking up with and breaking up with him is the reason why he decided to go full into his Vulcan side and completely uh, disconnect from his human side, which is the which brings him nicely to the original series. But because we we didn't spend any time as an audience with the, with them in a relationship, that moment doesn't land very well. Yeah. Um, and that's a real that's a real shame because I really thought that they, they were adding layers, interesting layers to the Spock Chapel dynamic that strengthened the original series. And it's yeah. kind of a bummer that we kind of land a little flat on that. It makes me wonder if, you know, they're, they're in the writer's room this entire season and they're getting to the end of this season. They're like, all right, what are we going to do for the next season? And they're like, we have no room for romance. We got, we, we set up a romance that we have literally no room for. Like we're going to do a whole season of the Gorn. We got no room for this. They're like, we have to cut it short. That's what it kind of feels like. Like they set up something and they're like, oh, we can't pay this off in any way. So we have to cut it off. Mm. And that that sucks. That that kind of just sucks. Yeah. Even then, like you kind of it's it's crazy. To, like if you'd asked me at the midpoint of the season, let's say yeah. when the kiss happens. Hey, by the end of the season, do you think Laon's affections for Kirk or Spock and Chapel getting together will have the better wrap up? Uh, yeah <laughs> i would have said spock and chapel yeah and i would have been wrong as hell yeah. um, like it's it's bizarre it's just bizarre but you know what maybe they are doing a good job because like i really love love the actor but i'm starting to hate chapel which i guess is who, what happens at the beginning <laughs> of the original series so i guess they're doing their job no oh, don't do no. it I love I love Jeff Jess Bush uh, Jeff Bush uh, Jess Bush I think she's wonderful. Um, you brought up yeah, I think she's crush- I think she crushes it but she's being written shit at this point. Yeah, you brought up Kirk. Should we move into Kirk? I would love to. I love that story. Same. Uh, talk yeah. about talk about paying off in a, a very effective way uh, and making me like more something I definitely didn't care for that much earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah. I. I've been very critical of Paul Wesley's performance as Kirk, and I just want to point out there there is a moment when they're in the transporter room, and it's before the explosion, and he looks at he gives Laon a, a look, and it's kind of framed from Laon's perspective, so it's up at Kirk. And I looked at that face that Paul Wesley makes, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's Kirk!" Um, yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, "Damn, he's the, the, there was a face that he made," and I was like, "I just saw William Shatner for a minute." Um, <laughs> you, did, you were you were the little boy and hugged it. Oh, there you are, Kirk. Yeah, 100%. Oh, there you are, Peter. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, 100%. Like, I, 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 I think that we went to the Jim Kirk well too frequently this season. 
Um, he has three three appearances and probably two too many. Um, although I and I say that, and I'll and I'll discredit what I just said by saying, but I really like him in this episode. Mm-hmm. I just hope that we don't see him in the next season. So that's the thing. Like I think, like uh, to what you said, Sparks. Like I absolutely adore the way that the, the, that this played out. Um, because I expected it to go longer, and you know who knows, and mm-hmm. like they get together and break up and everything. We speculated, but like not only did they wrap it up cleanly, uh, but they also tied it in directly into all the stuff we would talk about about the future. Like he's with Carol, his on again, off again girlfriend. He's with her at the moment. And she's pregnant with that kid who's in that David. Who, who, David, yeah. So I'm like, damn, this actually all makes sense. They don't like as much as I would like to have seen them get together and the drama and blah blah. This actually like like logically and sense for the canon and for this story right now totally makes sense. And I loved it. And Kirk, he's such a good dude. He still he says like, hey, you're still a badass though. You're still cool. Uh, I still have I a really, drink with you. I'm just not gonna bang you. I really, I really like the the Kirk Law and subplot in this episode. Um, like I really like it. Like I, I. I there is a lot to love in the scene because it it, it Laon we've seen it Laon is open is more open than she was uh, to her crew, but there there was still a wall there. Then there's still pain from what she can't say what happened. She can't talk to anybody about it. But so seeing Kirk brings up all these things. By the way, and I love how flustered she is when Kirk shows up at the transporter, uh, which is great. She goes the other like, the wrong way um and and she gets this she gets to have this moment where she's like where she breaks the temporal prime directive and even kirk's like hold on uh like you know you're about to break a pretty big rule here and i just really i just really think that the way that she is able to share her feelings with this person uh in, in a way that gives her the catharsis and really just brings down that wall once and for all uh, is really, is, is really well done. Yeah. Um, I, I want to respond to like just the, the appearances of Kirk. And I, I, I think there would have been a simple solution to really make it feel like he wasn't too overburdened to the season because mm-hmm. I, I think the alternate timeline stuff is fine. Yeah, um, sure. So, so getting real Kirk, I really like the other episode with him. I think all it would have taken is for him to be on the ship for the same reason in that episode that he is in this episode and for them to be right next to each other. Mm. So he's there to shadow Una and like learn to be a better number one. Yeah. That, that would have been, that would have been fine. He could have been there one episode to the next. And that like those two episodes were during the stint where he was learning to be a good number one. I'd be like, great. And I think the only reason that it isn't like that is because of Uhura. Because it's a Uhura centric episode for that one, and it ends up being pretty Uhura centered by the end of this one as well. And I think that's the only reason that it doesn't happen, which is a big, big bummer. Because I think it would have honestly nobody, I think, would have felt like Kirk was on the ship too much if he hadn't like been there, left, and came back. Yeah, I think if he'd been there for the same reason, two episodes next to each other, everyone would have been like, "That's totally fine." Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and that kind of goes to another thing that that I've struggled this season is I don't think it's as well balanced as the first season. You know, I, I we talked about it just under the cloak of war, which is the last last week's episode was, was a, an episode about Mbenga committing a war crime. In this episode, he's skipping out of sick bay singing. So like it, it's it, I get that we can have these different tones uh, in Star Trek, and it's fine. But it's weird how we've paced this season to have episodes uh, just kind of 
was radically different than each other, just play, not not placed well together. Yeah, I don't it's, think anyway. It it's I don't remember the exact line, but like there's like a like a reference to like something that happened in the last episode. I'm like, oh yeah, the murder, right? The murder, and it's just like it's no big deal. And I'm like, yeah, it's just that is really funny, just because again, last episode was the really dramatic one, and this one's the musical. It's just you can't yeah. you can't avoid that. It's just you know, uh, uh, it is what it is. You can structure your season better by avoid. That's how you avoid it. Um, the murder sandwich of, of of animated musical. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah and like and then and then figure out your spock and chapel shit amongst all of that like yeah. it, it it is it is purely just like there is just a structural issue i think to where some of these things were placed for sure but definitely as far as like kirk coming on the ship when i look at the episodes as the two episodes i love both of them i love both of his his involvement in it and i'm like 100 i'm yeah. here for it i'm here for the uh first time hanging out with spock and uhura i'm here for the La'an stuff and i like how it's done in that episode and how it uh continues into this episode essentially um i would have just i would have just put them right next to each other would have had them doing uh all the shadow of una stuff i got a question mm -hmm. uh and th th this is what i'm about to say i swear it's not negative uh but but like the way I'm going to phrase it will sound negative. Sure. Two of this season's episodes were technically like gimmick episodes, the musical and the animated episode. I don't mean that in a negative way, but they are not a core. We're not following our core crew. Well, this one is, but it, you know, we're doing different things. Like, do you think if those two quote unquote gimmick episodes were just regular episodes and we could dive into the plot and the character stuff more, that would have helped? Because a lot of that animated episode was a lot of the Boimler and, and, and Mariner, Mariner, Mariner. Mariner stuff. So, like, I'm just wondering, like, that was a little more real estate to work with some of that stuff, even though that stuff is happening within those episodes. I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if, like, oh, we have to clear room for the fun stuff we're doing. We can't focus so much on the hardcore story stuff that we plan. I, I, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if it's a yes or a no. May, may I first, Brandon? Sure. Go ahead. It's a pop bubble. Um, I, I don't think it applies to this episode. Yeah. And I don't think it applies to this episode because this episode's all about making people express the emotional stuff. Exactly what we're talking about with Lon and Kirk. This was this was a really good way to make her have to directly confront that when she probably wouldn't have otherwise. True. And so I, I think this one works. But it also Even, in the negative of the Spock stuff, it feels like they have to address that here. Yes, too. absolutely. But I don't think the problem of that is because it's a musical episode. Mm -hmm. I think the problem is because the stuff that got us here yeah. wasn't done well. Okay. So the Spock and Chapel stuff here isn't really my problem. Mm -hmm. My problem is that the things that deteriorated the relationship to the point of this episode, we didn't get to spend time with. We didn't engage with. Gotcha. So I don't think this episode is the problem. Okay. But, and I do think there's room to have your fun crossover episode. Absolutely. I maybe would, would have put it in a different episode in the season. I think the one that, that, that really is like, you know, like we've talked about other things where like, the Ortegas episode that really gets robbed from her and, and given to like a lot of Pike stuff, which now that I'm thinking about is kind of like one of Pike's only major episodes that's focused on him. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, that, that could have like had more other of the things we've talked about that before. Yeah. So there's some things where it's like, I don't know, did we need this? We didn't need the flashbacks with chapel and, and, uh, and Benga oh, last yeah. one as much as they were there that's so true. that we could focus on the character arcs. And you could have had more Spock and chapel scenes there. Spock trying to be a good boyfriend and chapel shutting him down, that kind of thing, like more actively engaged with that. So I think there's room in those other episodes. And the problem is just like story structure and like, they're tracking these arcs, but they're tracking these arcs in a weird way. Yeah. And I don't think that they came to the ground on them enough. And I don't think it necessarily has to do with like the jumbling of the fun or the dark episodes or that yeah. kind of thing. It's more just like 
I, I think they took their focus off certain balls at the wrong time. That makes sense. Before you response, but I was just thinking of, I think of like comic book arcs and then when an event happens and you have to have like the filler like issue, like number seven is a, is a sins of sinister tie in. That's like completely breaks it up. And like, that's the musical episode and like it can still tie in, but it's a separate thing. And I was just wondering, do you think that might've impacted it? But I think you said, you said perfectly other story driven episodes have focused on the wrong stories. So I think my, uh, that's my uh, well, and also to that point, I do, I will say that I do think the lower next episode, which is our first one after the, Spock and Chapel kiss. Yes, that one should have had a little bit more of Spock and Chapel in it. Yes, it, it it engages with it, but it engages with it from a third person perspective. Where again, we are not getting a lot of scenes that are them together. We are getting scenes of them engaging with Spock, being different because of being with Chapel, and yes. Chapel being different because of being with Spock, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not by them being together. And that's the episode where honestly we should have had more of that, and them looking at that and being like, "This is weird," because we know how this goes. Um, and that would be the one where I'm like, yeah, you got to factor in more of that idea because that's where you just left our audience. So the musical episode came about because they, the Christina Chong, who is, um, who started on Broadway and came and came to television uh, to kind of kickstart her career as a, as a leading lady and not necessarily a background actor. Um, and she's putting out an album currently. Um Ooh. And she, so because she wants to get back onto the stage, but as a leading lady and not as a, and not as a background actor, uh, she was, and Melissa Navia, who came from, uh, musicals in high school, she did musicals in high school. Um, Celia Rose Gooding won a Grammy from her Broadway appearances. Um, and, uh, Rebecca Romaine is a trained singer as well. Um, although she hasn't done anything with it professionally. Um, they all were begging Akiva Goldsman and Harry and Henry Alonzo to do a musical episode for Star Trek. They kept wondering, like, is this possible? Can we do a musical episode? And little did they know, apparently, that the two of them had been talking about doing a musical episode. I, if I were them, I do feel like the fact that having the Lower Decks crossover and this episode, and I, I won't use the word gimmick. I, I I do agree that they probably are, especially the Lower Decks one. I mean, that's why I didn't want to, that's why I like, it's not negative. I didn't know the other word to use. For no, it, I, I understand. Um, I probably wouldn't have had the two of them in the same season. Yeah. Um, I think once you had, I think once you had one, you should have moved the other. And if, if Paramount was like really wanting to do a Lower Decks crossover, then you, put that this season and you push the musical episode to the next season. There's, there's a lot of this season that feels like we're not sure if we're getting a third season. So we're going to do this. And in fairness, they didn't because they were filming the season as season one was airing. Um, So they were not able to gauge audience interest. It which is why Melissa Navia got the short end of the sick once again, because they were not able to gauge audience interest by the time the the first season uh, was airing because you know, normal TV seasons, like you don't go back to the drawing board until the season is almost halfway done airing. Um, that, that's when you break the next season. So they, the streaming shows don't have that benefit. Uh, and I think it suffers with Star Trek specifically because Star Trek historically has, has succeeded in that, in that respect. Yeah. I would, if, if I were them, if I were to restructure the season, I would have done the lower decks episode first, the first episode of the season. Oh no, you can't do that because you need the court. You need the courtroom. Okay, after the court stuff, probably then. Um, and then I would have done this in the next season. Yeah, and had something here that was just focused on Chapel and Spock. If you were going to put them together this season, 
um, and that have them be the focus of that episode. The, the two of them relationship be the focus of the episode. Um, so I, I just, just not, we're dealing in hypotheticals at this point, yeah. but like, um, I agree. I think that like with Spock and Chapel stuff, if you put a musical episode next season and their, their relationship deteriorated at this episode, but it was about that and you're mm-hmm. done. They focus on it. Um, then when you get to the musical episode, they can still express emotions about the fact that they broke up and like yeah. that whole thing can happen. They're sad about that, it. That can be a whole thing. My counterpoint to it is if you are doing the lawn and Kirk story here, do you think that thread works to finish in a, in a next season? Or do you feel like that would feel tacked on? Well, we're on episode nine. If this happened in episode one, it's like only one, two more episodes. Like I wouldn't feel it was that long, prolonged, in my opinion. If this was something think, they stretched out, right, right, yes. right. But I don't think it's not necessarily something I'd be waiting for. But I wonder if by the time, because it's a whole season later, yeah. by the time you get to that season, do you feel like, oh, did we need to do that? Especially if you've had Kirk appearances otherwise, sure. And this is like shoehorning it in. It doesn't matter. It's not what in happened. My... I'm just merely like playing devil's advocate on the part that worked against the part that didn't. In my perfect world. I would say I will say in my perfect world, you don't have Kirk show up in this season and you don't have this plot thread wrap up until the next season. So you do have uh, Kirk show up, but only the alternate Kirk. Yes. And then you don't see real Kirk until next season. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, you could go about it that way. I think part of it is that. That Laon had a good arc throughout this season with it, right? That's about her being more expressive and everything. And part of it comes from having to engage with the real Kirk. Yeah. Like they do tie it in that way. There's a, I guess you can say there's another way, like obviously they could write to go about it, but it really worked in this context. It did. Um, this is all hypothetical, but like yeah. I, I would overall probably, probably agree um, that you, you could stretch these two out. Um, but I also understand like kind of just going for it. Um, um, especially in the context of not knowing where you, where you're going to get to go next necessarily. Let's so 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 the the whole thing with um so as as Ryan said that's a nice there's a nice Easter egg to Kirk's uh Kirk's res- to the resolution between Kirk and the on that he does say he is currently with Carol and Carol is pregnant with David both characters we meet in Star Trek the Wrath of Khan um I think that's really great um because I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I knew real. probably around this time he had probably met Carol Marcus. Um, I didn't think that was going to be how they resolve. And I, I think that's a that's a really good instant. That's a really good explanation of using canon to further this story. Um, I, I just thought it was really smart in a way that I didn't expect it to be smart. It doesn't feel like a tacked on Easter egg. It feels like it feels like a genuine moment um uh, and it, it's and it's so nice to see uh yeah. them, them do something like that yeah and i and i love that it's like so i have this on again off again girlfriend but she's right now very much on again because i knocked her up <laughs> and i'm yeah. like at least stay with her kirk that's a good man right there until you don't i love it uh i think it's great well she she uh carol tells him to leave oh carol uh, tells him he, well there you go he tried then okay yeah he doesn't he doesn't break up with her carol says you don't want to be with me so Go, go away well um he's probably right star trek 2 the wrath of Khan, great movie um anyway um let's see where else i want to go with this um sparks you got anything um i think paul wesley's so cool um <laughs> oh there's the kirk there's a kirk brothers scene mm-hmm. uh i'm mad there's not a kirk brothers song 
I love a Kirk Brothers song. See, I kind of wanted the like kind of comedic, like almost the I can do anything, you can do better. Yeah, sure. uh, kind of vibe yeah. song yeah. for the two of them. And I honestly thought we were gonna get it. And then at a certain point, I was like, oh, we're not gonna get that. No, yeah. bummer. <laughs> Uh, I really love the Kirk brothers. Uh, I think Paul Wesley and, um, oh, I don't know the actor who plays Sam is. Uh, what's his name? Um, I really, uh, I really like them, two of them together. I think they have really good, uh, really good chemistry as like this like, sibling chemistry. Um, and I really like when they're on the transporter pad and she says, um, and, and, and he's like, he's like, you, uh, she told me you asked for me. She said you missed me. Um, that kind of like lording it over, over Jim. Sure. I thought this was really cute. Sam, right. by the way, is my MVP of this episode. I love him in this episode because of just what'd you say? I'm I we're trying to read how to say the actor that plays Sam's name. It's Dan Genon, I think. Genon. He's French. Looks like a Frenchie. Oh. It's definitely uh, a French last Dan name. Dan Genon. Zara was watching a Hallmark movie the other day, and I saw the dude, I saw I saw this cop and I was like, Oh, oh, hi, Sam Kirk. He has doesn't have the mustache. I was like, oh shit. Sure. Um, make those pay, they gotta make those uh those rent rent payments. Anyway, any, anyway, so um uh, he he I think is really fun in this episode if you're watching him, especially the the Klingons song, because he's kind of he's into it. He's like he's like like grooving with all the songs that are happening around him. He's having a good time. He's like, I don't you know, this is fun, guys. Let's do this. Man, yeah, I really and I, honestly, I think there there probably would have been one, but I get the feeling like Sam actually, but that actor actually cannot sing, like <laughs> can't do it <laughs> because there's auto tune can't even sing. There's me. one, there's one bit in particular when they're doing like the chorus number at the end where like they focus on Sam and Sam is saying something and like Sam's, it's obviously it's partially the editing thing, like Sam's lip sync is off mm -hmm. and like. You don't hear a voice that sounds like Sam in that chorus at all. Like it's not prominent. It's not featured, which like if you're putting a focus on him, like for that one line, you feel like his voice would stand out. No, I don't think he can sing, unfortunately. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, okay, no shame. I can't sing. No, that, I can't either. Um, let's see. I, so, I, yeah, I really I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate whatever they get, they get the Kirk brothers together. I, you know what? I, I want to ask, unless Sparks, you have a, you have a place to go. I want to, I want to talk about something. I, d I did just real quick. Like, I, you know, we kind of glossed over it a little bit because we were talking about like the, the, the problems with it. And there are a lot, but like Una's song to La'an, not a huge fan of the song. Don't like the choreography. Don't think the zero gravity is weird. Um, mm. Putting that aside, the character beat of, I'm learning by virtue of the things that I've gone through mm -hmm. from the previous season to this one to be more open. And part of my mistake was keeping myself shut in. I don't want to see you do that. Absolutely. I don't want to see you repeat my mistakes. That was lovely. And I think as the connection of those two characters in particular and the arc that Una has been on and now the arc that La'an is on, that was a really smart character beat to do. Don't love the song, but that was a very good character beat for mm -hmm. Una. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, oh, I did write this down. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it's just a quick thing before I get into something else. Um, they need a new quarters set. Um, not like to redo the quarter set that they have, but like they clearly just use this, just the one and they redress it for whatever they need. And it's so obvious. It, it's becoming so obvious now that I'm like, just make a second one. Just make a second one that's like inside the ship. 
because this, they, they keep they keep using the same one and you can tell because the windows so the the windows on the top of the saucer section curve down and so whenever they use a quarter the the, the one quarter set is the curved down you can actually see it in the picture here uh, the picture that's on our, our, our background, um, it, they, you always see the curved down windows. And I was looking at, and I, and I always notice them every single time we're in that set. And I'm like, not every one of these quarters or, and fighting in gyms and, um, uh, cadet qu quarters or whatever are in the same, are in the same section of the hull. Can we make a second one, please? So that we can are, are have we some sure variety. Are we sure? It's a big it's ship. Impossible. It's not that big. It's the big Enterprise ship. only has two hundred people in it. It's a big ship. Uh, I just—it's something that I'm just noticing. I noticed it last that last week, and I forgot to bring it up. But it's just something that I'm like, uh, can we get the budget for a second quarter set, please? Um. But no. anyway, continue. <laughs> General <laughs> General Garcon. Uh, is the is the Klingon is the Klingon captain of the Katinga class battle cruiser that shows up at the end of this episode? Welcome back to the franchise, Bruce Horak. Uh, the actor What's who played up, Hammer is playing uh, General Gorkhan, and I think that's awesome. That's cool. Gorkhan. Cool. Gorkhan is different. Is a different character. Hmm. Um, you guys didn't like the. Uh, I didn't say. I I spoke for myself. I didn't hear what he said. I mean, K-pop scene. You agree with me? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's. Oh, was it K-pop? Is that what they were doing? No, it's 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 Klingon pop, K-pop. Oh sure, K. I get it. Um, <laughs> That's a bad joke. Yeah, it's whatever they were trying to do. Um, for me, uh, it 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 brought the show to a halt, and I was like, because I knew the Klingons were coming, and I knew it was going to be something silly, but uh, I don't know if they were trying to do hip hop or K-pop or something but it felt like six-year-old white people <laughs> wrote that scene and i'm just like i don't know i'm my, glad it lasted five seconds because otherwise if it was like a five minutes i would have changed my mind my problem my problem is that like it felt like going for like the lowest hanging fruit yes of like what's the stupidest looking thing we can make klingons do and like going for that genre and what bothers me about it is more that everyone else up to that point was kind of in the same like vein of what style of musical they're in and like yes. it's okay if you're going to change it for the klingons but I, I didn't feel like it was changed with purpose i feel like it was just changed to be a, to be shocking to like, be a, to to be a gag yeah a goof and i and i it, it i might not have minded it as much if it wasn't like interrupting a different musical number completely yeah. and i was like this doesn't this doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to me to listen to or to watch. And uh, if I was going to change the genre from what, like from the very like classical musical setting and style that it's doing Americanized musical style um, for the Klingons, I would have done something more sincere that is representational of like, if they sang, what would they say? Like, like opera. I would have done you know, opera. Thought, yeah. You were in the same place. Yes. I would have done opera. I would have had them do opera. I would have, I would have gone that way. I think that would have translated better. You no, know, all those fathom events we go to the movies and we see trailers for Klingons. That's Klingons, what I expected. Klingons are high, uh, uh, like dramatic Shakespearean. Shakespearean Klingons are famous. Be... Klingons are famous for their operas. So, so I, I would have them be operatic. I, I think that would have made a ton of sense. Uh, and I think it would have flowed better if it's being an interruption. I, I think it would have worked better tonally to move from classical to opera and back to classical rather than classical to 
a rip on K-pop at best. Um, I, to something that looks like it's trying to be a TikTok uh, and then back to classical. I do not disagree with that, with anything you said. I like it. I had a good time. I had fun with it, uh, is all I'll really say. I will, I will, however, say the director of this episode agrees with you 100%. Um, because it is he fought against the inclusion of that sequence. Sure, that's um, a good and, that's good instinct, bud. And he he thought it was he thought it ruined the pacing, he thought it was dumb, he thought it wasn't it wasn't gonna work. Um, and he managed to get it down according to him. I don't necessarily believe this. According to him, it was meant to be a little longer. He didn't say by how much. Um, he did have the final edit, but he had to keep it. Um, the producers kind of trumped him on that one. And I found that really funny. Now, me, I also expected the Klingon opera sequence. I find it funny. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really into it. The, the, the explanation for it from, uh, from someone, I don't remember who exactly, is that it's supposed to be, and I, I, don't, I don't agree with this explanation, by the way. I'm just kind of saying what, what they said. Um, is that it's supposed to be still within the same i the same vein? Would it be Klingon opera because that's not what the musical reality is? Is it's not an opera reality? It's a musical reality. But I don't agree with that because if that were the case, then it wouldn't cha change genre into a kind of a hip hop sequence. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like if it's not going to be exactly the same as what they're doing, Americanized classical musical, which. The thing is that, like, it makes sense for them to do that because that's like the vein of of what they admire, right? It's the vein of the thing that they put into the into it into the fold. If if the Klingons came back with opera, it's close enough to classical musicalization that, like, it makes sense. And the fact that you told me that Klingons are famous for their operas, which is not something I knew yeah. when I was thinking this should have been operatic, um, is so goddamn obvious that it, that it's like that's not low hanging fruit. That feels more like an Easter egg. What mm. they did. I saw before I saw the musical episode, it's the only thing I saw out of the musical episode was this Klingon sequence. Mm. And I saw people being like, bro, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and like, to be honest with you, as a, a group of producers who want people to be on board with the Star Trek stuff they're producing, this is definitely one of those things that should send up a red flag of like, Star Trek fans aren't going to like this. And I agree with them. On this one, I agree with them. Like classic Star Trek fans, a lot of them who have not gone on board with a lot of the choices you've made, and I don't agree that they should feel that way. This one, I'll give them. You've taken them and you've you've like reduced and and I think it's even worse that it follows the war criminal episode uh <laughs> about Klingons. The fact that this is the next thing we do. Klingons like, do not look good in anyone's eyes ever. Again. I'm like, this this is bad. This is not a good choice. This is not a good direction to get people who are like like the people who have been holding out on Star Trek. This is not how you get them to come on board. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't like I said, I don't disagree with anyone who who dislikes the sequence. I I I quite liked it. It's short enough to where I thought it was funny, especially Pike's response to it, just kind of looking back and going, like, what the fuck was that? Um, mm -hmm. I think it's quite is quite fun. Um and again, uh, I just want to highlight again because we're a little ways away from it, but it's a, it's the same argument, which is that like they get stage lighting when no one else does. And I don't mm -hmm. like that either. Like visually they break from the consistency of what the rest of the episode has been doing. So it's not just a change in genre. It's also a change in how the rules of reality have applied to everyone else. So like, it all just like, doesn't work for me. There's, there's just no structure about it that lands. Um, 
I oh I, I forgot to actually mention something about Chapel's song, which I quite like. I really like Chapel's song. I really like the Chapel and Spock song. Real quickly before I get too far into this, are the same song essentially. They have the same beat to them, um, which is, which is the same kind of um, lyrical melody. I think maybe I don't know. I don't know anything about anything. Um, but like the the way they it kind of accentuates the. Um, the mindset that the two of them are in in regards to their relationship because they're singing different sides of the same song. Um, uh -huh. I just thought that was clever and, and, and well done. But Sam, Sam Kirk is celebrating with chapel and, and, and uh, Ortega's in the mess hall. And, and I looked at that and I said to myself, Sam is chapel's friend. When has sure. that ever been established? <laughs> Sam has friends. Sam has friends. <laughs> the yeah, dude yeah, who's sure. eating in his, his xenoanthropology lab is, has friends. Good for you, dude. Yeah. He goes to the nurse every once in a while. I'm sure. Um, there's a there's a fun there's a fun Star Trek thing that I flipped out at, which is uh, a deflector dish beam. Haven't seen one of those in quite a while. Maybe very excited. Uh, classic starship Star Trek trope where they are like let's let's route this energy through the deflector beam the deflector dish and then shoots a beam at the whatever they're trying to do. We get that here with an old fashioned TOS deflector dish. Mwah, loved it. Chef's kiss. Ten out of ten. Love to see it. Sure. Uh. I Hey man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a Star Trek nerd for a minute. Yeah, whenever it, whenever that's it suits totally me. Allowed. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, it's the scene where they're trying to. Zip no, no, no. I know, I know what it is. I have no idea of like the point of reference for it. And... Oh, Carol Kane doesn't get a lot to do in this episode again. Kind no, of a bummer. Um, she is the person who gives the idea for music, which I really like the way that she yeah. says it's basic harmonics. Her fault. Um, I I also expected her to be because she's. I won't say she's an excellent singer, but she can talk sing like really well. Yeah. She mm -hmm. can character sing essentially. Um, it's bizarre, frankly, with Carol Kane's background to have not had her more involved in a musical number. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a little weirded out by that. Oh, well, I, I think uh, it's interesting that we, I'm a little bummed about, uh, maybe I should wait for the next week to talk about this, but I'm a little bummed about uh, the fact that we really didn't get a lot of uh, Pelia in this season. Like, not really. We had the one episode that was, I think, her subplot. She was part of the subplot. But other than that, the other it was the other Uhura episode. Um, and uh, outside yeah. of that, we didn't really get much with her. I felt like at this point I knew more about Hemmer than I did about Pelia. And I wish I wish I just knew more about Pelia. I, I hope that part of that is because they they're going to keep her on for season three. Yeah, yeah, I, just I think so. That's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm sitting with it. Is that I hope that that's a part of it, because she has very much been there mostly to serve the stories of others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think if she's around for another season, we'll get a story about her. Um, man, uh, uh yeah, I've got I've got a couple more that I want to talk about, which is one one bit that I really that I really like. And this is going to be something that I'm sure goes into what Sparks' major, what Sparks and Ryan's major criticism of this episode is, which is the kind of the rules of the musical reality um, don't really apply at, at certain points, especially towards the end. But I saw Dancing Starships, and that made me very happy. Uh, there's a sequence towards the end where the starships are all spinning together, and I was like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. Actually, 
Actually, I think that's excellent. Yeah. I have zero problem with that. That is my point with what I was saying in relation to that earlier is that if you can do that kind of choreography, if that's part of the reality, do more of it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, like Chapel Song is kind of in the middle of this episode or, or roughly. Um, and that has established choreography. If that has it, then other places should have it too. There just should have been more more well-structured blocking and choreography throughout the entire episode, I felt. that That is the bare minimum of what you can do if you can't do like special lighting and all these other kinds of tricks that you're going to do, then you have to have that. And mm-hmm. I honestly love the ships doing that. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, I, I wish there were more things visually doing things like that in tone with the music. I'm going to shotgun some notes about the final number because I brought that up real quickly. Um, which is, it starts with Pike uh, introducing Uhura to the ship's to the whole ship's complement by saying the voice of the Enterprise. Really think that's sweet. Um, I, I do really like the number. I really like the, stand, the dancing starships. I really love the line when Pike just stands up triumphantly in his chair and he says, uh, the Enterprise is electrified. I'm so proud to be your captain. And I'm just like, hey, daddy's proud of me. I'm really excited to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, and Benga skipping out... The, it's a little weird. I get, I get, because he just committed a war crime last episode. But him skipping out of out of sick bay with Chapel is really sweet and really fun. I really liked it. <laughs> I, I, I feel bad about it. I have to like in my head contextualize that. Like it's been like a month. You, you have, you have <laughs> to, yeah. Up the next day. Um, and then uh, there, and then at the end when they when they destroy the subspace fold because they reach their. It's so ridiculous. I love it when they because they reach their uh, the crescendo moment that 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 the right frequency that breaks the subspace fold. Um, they, uh, uh, they they play the original Alex Courage uh, Star Trek theme from the 1960s show, and I thought that was really sweet. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay. I I think they came up with a really cute way of having to um, push a grand finale out. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think the logic of how they get there with all their like Star Trekism and and space stuff and like this is all make believe, but also here's a kind of like scientific, in Star Trek context, logical way of like why all this has to come about this particular way, how we stop this, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very well done, well executed, well thought out. Um, yeah, I really like Uhura being the one to discover it. I I won't I can't stress enough. I think she's the most killer voice on the show. Um, she's she just crushing it and she has um, a her arc is really nice because like she is a communications lady but like oh nobody sees like sees me they just you know like i'm just a telephone but like no people mm-hmm. you are the enterprise girl like you are you're the most maybe the most important person on the ship like communication is so important to this episode but also to her and that's really cool that it all seamlessly blends together it's great yeah i really like her song i think it's really beautiful um i don't i don't i'm sure you guys caught this but um spock's song his solo is a is a calculus joke it's all for x He's the he solved for why. I thought that was cute. I'm the ex. Yeah. Of course he would. Of course he would sing about calculus. Uh, such a good bad boy song. Such a good bad boy song. I was waiting for him to put a leather jacket on somewhere, but the, okay. So like part of my thing um, with it is like I again I really like them trying to kind of resist what the musical is doing to them. But once you introduce like the I I can't believe that there isn't a gag and like Una and Kirk is kind of where I expected it when it first comes up and they start doing the dance stuff down the hall that there isn't kind of like that that beat where like the arm goes up and they didn't mean to do that just like they don't mean to sing and they're like kind of looking at their body like why is this happening to mm-hmm. us uh, there's a there's a there's a comp i'm trying to think of of doing exactly that thing and i can't beetlejuice 
I think it is Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's because yeah. they're all dancing at right. the table. Exactly. And they're all autonomously dancing. It is Beetlejuice. Dancing. It is yeah. Beetlejuice. It's exactly Beetlejuice. It's the same that it. same visual uh, way of how they do that thing. Their body's out of control. And and their and their voices. Yeah. And and I wish that that same kind of visual language came up a little bit more in the choreography. Again, with more choreography of them kind of doing that thing, because then I think you could have leaned more into the physicality of musical, and you could have had Spock do vision. Part of the fun of it is like you can watch Ethan Peck as Spock do visual motions he would never do in any other context as Spock, like where he literally like grabs onto the side of the engine pillar yeah. as he sings or he's something doing like that. Thing. He does, he does yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like there should have been more of that choreography. I, I, sure. I wish they'd gone just a little harder on that musical melodrama, let the emotions swing them just out a little bit wider. I I wish we saw because there is there, there's a line there's reports of singing breaking out all throughout the ship. I wish there I wish we got to see some other people and but not like have their number like see their numbers but like there's a bit in once more feeling to kind of because they made the connection I will make the connection when I think it's Buffy she's walking along the street and we hear someone talk singing about have, getting a parking ticket if I recall yeah. correctly. Um, and and I wish we cut to see kind of more of like other members of the crew breaking out into song in the background, uh, not being the focus, but like knowing that this is happening on a consistent basis throughout everyone so, on the ship. Uh, they get a message from from April and I was ready for them to cut to April singing their message. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to see Commander oh, yeah. April sing. They say, they say that he's got a beautiful baritone, but we yeah. don't get to see it. I was like, oh, that would have been a great yeah. family guy style cut. Also, it's really nice that April has forgiven them off screen. Come on, for what, guys. the murder? <laughs> no, for the for the court martial. Oh sure. yeah. The, yeah. Hey Enterprise, like, you know, what's 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 a week uh, for the Enterprise? Uh I'll be honest, like the more we've talked about it, I'm like, I kind of wish they just expanded this into like an hour and a half. It's close. It's close to an hour and a half already. It's an hour. It's an hour long. It's Isn't an hour that 67? Nope, it's an hour oh two on my clock. Mm. But I'm like, you add that 30 minutes, you get your you get your Kirk Brothers song. You can have the baritone moment. You can have like a, a little bit more Chapel Spockism, where they actually have like a love song before the break apart song. Yeah, um, I think what they're also like, it's not really a problem, but like musicals are like full length movies and full like plays. Like they are like hour and a half, two hour, three hour long, right? So like, it's tough to more... do a musical TV show. Yeah, so like this feels like like Act One. Like it would have been nice to have again because this is the it's longest to do, episode. It's tough to do a musical episode of a TV yes. show. There you go. It's no. not tough to do a musical TV show. Yeah, Gal Galavant on Tuesday on Fox. Crazy ex girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, oh crazy ex girlfriend. Yes, but see, Brandon, look right at crazy ex girlfriend. Thank you. That is a perfect comp of what I'm talking about. Uh, yes, obviously they use like scene lighting and everything but like even when they're doing their more contained stuff they still have like a good structure of like framing and choreography that's what this episode needed a little bit more mm -hmm. a little bit more of the crazy ex-girlfriend when it's not a fantasy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right i think i, I have one more note my notes go ahead <clears throat> i have one more um uh, i just think it's super cute at the end of the episode when uhura has it stuck in her head and everyone like slowly is like <laughs> Oh God! No, <laughs> did we not do it? And I kind yeah. of wish it had ended on like her not even clarifying, but she's just kind of like doesn't even turn to them. She's just kind of still it's ambiguous, it. and it's ambiguous. Like, is it musical forever? It's obviously not. It's like, inception ending. Cut the black with her still humming. Yeah, that'd be funny. Um, yeah, I ultimately I know I know I've I've I, look I've said negatives here. I've said positives here, but. I, I had a blast with this episode. I love the music. I love listening to the soundtrack. I'm 
very happy with this episode overall. It for me, this is my favorite episode of the season. I don't think it quite hits my favorite episode of the show. I think that is still a quality of mercy, but it's quite up there. Um, I, I I I really liked this episode. I think it's really good. I think right now, if I were to try and put it somewhere, it's probably my my second of the season, second mm-hmm. or third. Um, my first is definitely the the episode two, the Una episode, the Una Court sure. episode. Nothing this season has really beat that for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I um, think that was so. I think that like weirdly because we were nervous about that not having a lot of impact. Like weirdly, it had the most that, impact. I think that has been one of the most like strong and emotional episodes we've had in Strange New Worlds. Yeah, it, it really has continued to resonate with me ever since, and I'm really glad that I felt it resonate through all the characters and how they expressed feelings for each other since that moment. Hundred percent. Um. So yeah, that that one's sitting pretty high up for this season, having not seen the finale. Um. All right. Well, speaking of the finale, next time you'll see us will be for the final episode of Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Hegemony. Where we'll be asking once again, Kirk, what are you doing on this ship? Kirk, you got a whole show. Thankfully, Kirk is not in that episode. Look, I got to tell you, Brandon, I understand not wanting it to be too much about Kirk. I'm really liking what Paul Wesley is doing. It's a little hard for me to not want him to stick around. Did I tell you? Oh, maybe I should wait till next week. Wait till next, next week. week. You know um, what I want? Oh, oh, sorry. You know what I want? I want mm-hmm. a mission where, like, his his ship's crew and our main ship's crew, a portion of them are both like stranded on. So it's just the Enterprise. No, no, no. Oh, like, okay, like okay. a portion of them. It could be like different people. And Kirk usually doesn't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, uh, but like have have a portion and a portion stranded on a planet sure and that's how you involve kirk so he's not like visiting the ship or that kind of thing but it's like oh here's another reason of how we got kirk involved and i'm like because kirk knows like half those people so it has to be someone that he's not intimately familiar with i guess just honestly honestly just not spock and Uhura. like have it be like laon and mbenga and una sure with kirk can't be terrible um, and sam sure i especially with sam because we, we you know he never talks to sam in the original series yeah I want. I want, well. He talks to his corpse. Um, no, he I, talks at his corpse. That's different. <laughs> Sam can't hear him. Um, uh, Ryan doing an accurate impression of of William Shatner with a mustache in that episode. Um, right. <laughs> I've looked at. I've looked at the 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 picture yeah. of him flipped over, and I'm like, man, that guy looks strikingly a lot like the guy playing Sam Kirk, and also Paul Wesley. He had a mustache. There you go. <laughs> Um, I really, I, I, um, I really want a Sam Kirk and Jim Kirk episode. Like my, I, I know, I, I know that I have said multiple times that I do not want to see Kirk on this show often, but I really want a Kirk brother episode. I think it makes sense. What about a short track? If they still did short tracks, hell yeah. Oh, they don't do them anymore. No, they kind of, that was like a one-off experience. Rip. Two seasons and we're done. Gotcha. Um, uh, no, I agree with you. I, w- I would I would be down for a Kirk Brothers adventure. Yeah. Honestly, them and Carol Kane and call it a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, that'd be wild. All right, that'll do it. Uh, so that that's 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 at the episode. That was Subspace Rhapsody. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys liked the episode. Uh, let let us know what you think about it in the comments below if you want to. Um, so that'll do it, uh, guys. This is Fake Nerds Watch. Um, we are filming this during the strikes, but if you're watching this, the strikes are over. So uh, be sure to check out our website uh, where you can check out 
uh, all of the shows that were impacted by the strikes and, and catch up if you'd like. Uh, there's plenty of things coming out uh, that we've had in the pipeline for this whole time. What's it like? We got show reviews. We got real scores. I don't know. All this stuff is out. But you know what? There's been plenty of Basement Arcades and Victor Book Club, so I hope you've been keeping up on those. What, I mean, what's it like in 2025? Who knows? Honestly, like 2026 is going to be a hell of a year. The hottest <laughs> year on record. <laughs> um, all right. So, guys, make Dude, sure to check out our Dune 2 will finally you just broke come. my heart again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, by the time you're watching this, I would have seen it probably. But I hope so. <laughs> right. All right, guys. So, so make sure to check out our website at fictionpodcast.com, which is linked below uh, for all of the all keep up on all the shows. As Spark said, there's there's been plenty of shows that have come out at the time uh, that you know, this is the last time you saw you saw this show, which is based on Arcade and Fictioner Book Club. Um, a lot of cool stuff there. So please just check those out. Make sure to support us financially if you'd like to, which is on our T Public and our Patreon, which you can find linked below. Uh, you can also uh, check out all sorts of things like our social medias, where we where we where we do everything, which is Fickner Podcast and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, there's various social medias for the other shows uh, that you can find through there. Uh, FicknerGuys at gmail.com. I'm a BT McLaurin. Let's check out on Twitter. I also write for I also write for AtomicGeekdom.com and KaiDramaMagazine.com, and I probably still right for cbr.com we'll see um and spark sweetie uh you can find me um cursing the very name of the people who run comic book resources at sparks witty on instagram twitter sbarkz witty that's real <laughs> you really can see me do it there <laughs> right hey man you can find me just like reading x-men comics and it's like loving loving life living the vita loca at dj tony snark Living, living in the sun life, loving in the bun life. Living in the sun life, living in the hot life. And TJ Tony Snow. Uh, all right, guys. Until next time you see us, live you long. Get rid of that 616, man. No! <laughs> live long and prosper. <laughs>